you beyond the borderline this is a podcast dedicated to exploring in a realistic and hopeful way what it's like to live with borderline personality disorder and other mental health problems. My name is Aline and I am your host for this podcast. I want to issue a proviso at the beginning of the podcast which is that this is absolutely not a substitute for professional mental health and or medical intervention. So please seek out those sources of support if you need them. And I also want to mention that I will be discussing topics such as self-harm and suicidal ideation and addiction that may be triggering for a number of people. I aim not to discuss those topics in a detailed way as I don't really think that adds anything to the discussion and does not really fit in with the mission of this podcast. However, in a spirit of being authentic about my life with borderline personality disorder, those topics will be mentioned in this and subsequent episodes. And I will do my best to issue trigger warnings before I start discussions about those or other potentially triggering topics. Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Borderline. I've decided to try recording this episode a slightly different way today. Usually I use the voice memo function on my phone. I am actually recording this podcast episode to Zoom. So I'm on camera speaking to myself on Zoom and recording because uh, I found that when I did the episode last month with Johnny Crowder and we recorded our conversation to Zoom, it actually sounded quite a bit clearer. I wanted to start by letting you know why the episode is slightly late. I'm just going to be honest and say that I've been really lacking the motivation to get it up. I have been very busy, genuinely, with work because I'm working part-time from home and I've had some challenges in that area this month. I'm also doing quite a lot of recovery work at the moment. I have been dealing with my own mental health, particularly in relation to the lockdown and generally, and all of those factors have conspired to leave me really just not wanting to do the podcast. I think another reason that I've been putting it off is that the topic for this month is jealousy. I decided that I wanted to do an episode on jealousy because it's such a key issue for many of us with BPD. Not so much experiencing jealousy because all humans experience jealousy but I found in myself and in other people I know who have BPD that jealousy can really be a massive trigger in a way that other emotions don't always seem to be. Obviously we're all different so you might not agree with that in your own life. I know that for me jealousy in relation to intimate partnerships in particular has caused me a hell of a lot of problems in the past, specifically my reactions and the intensity of my feeling jealousy. I've also experienced jealousy in relation to seeing other people as having 
and things that I don't have and what I perceive them to have and that causing me a lot of emotional pain. I did put a call out when I was thinking about this topic, asking for feedback on jealousy. And I noticed that quite a few people responded, sharing their own experiences of jealousy and BPD. And they seem to revolve similarly to, to my own experience around intimate partnerships and perhaps seeing other people as having more than them or having things that they don't have and want. Clearly, jealousy is something that affects those of us with BPD and it can have quite a negative effect on our lives. I'm not talking about the emotion of jealousy because all humans experience emotions and one of the things I've learned in recovery from BPD, specifically through some of the concepts of dialectical behavior therapy is that no emotion is good or bad it's common i think for many of us to label our emotions without realizing anger is bad sadness is bad fear is bad love is good happiness is good calm is good and I often see posts on social media around positive and negative emotions and breathe out the negative and breathe in the positive and this kind of stuff. Well, I do appreciate the sentiment of those kinds of posts. I think they can be quite misleading. For those of us with BPD, I think that labelling our emotions as good or bad really feeds into that black and white thinking that we tend to have and it also leads us to a lack of acceptance around certain emotions which can heighten our reactions to those emotions causing us to act in ways that don't really fit our value system or don't reflect the kind of people we want to be and then that can cause a lot of shame and guilt etc etc my starting point is that no emotion is good or bad and that includes jealousy it is human to experience jealousy we all experience it i think it's arguable that those of us with bpd because of our physiological wiring might experience jealousy more intensely than the next person and i also think that for those of us who come from a place of quite low self-esteem due to multiple factors including our childhood upbringing our wiring our life experiences our thought patterns mixed up in a complex stew that jealousy can take on a greater significance and feel much more powerful when we don't feel good about ourselves because if we see ourselves as fundamentally lacking and not good enough and not worthy then it's very possible that we're going to over ascribe value to other people to their possessions to their qualities to their achievements etc so when i think about jealousy i start with the assumption that jealousy is not good or bad it's just an emotion it's one thing to tell myself that these beliefs that we have about our emotions can be really deeply ingrained and i don't think there's any easy solution in terms of changing one's mindset about emotions and and reframing the judgments that we we make and that many people make about emotions i think the issue for those of us with bpd is we can just get so extreme in our 
in our black and white thinking and that can really lead to a lot of emotional dysregulation. One of the practices that I found very helpful for starting to think differently about my emotions in a in a sustained way is the practice of mindfulness. Mindfulness is a huge, huge topic. I've touched on it in my other episodes. One of the things I like about DBT is that it allows us to practice mindfulness in different ways. Mindfulness doesn't necessarily need to be sitting in a cross-legged position for an hour focusing on your breath. It might be that that's not something that you can do at the moment. You may just be too dysregulated at the moment to do that. There are different ways to practice mindfulness. You can walk and you can notice things going on around you. You can focus on your senses. I really like that one. Sometimes I will lie in bed and I will just focus on the sounds that I can hear and I will first of all focus on the different sounds and then name them. The benefit of starting to use mindfulness is that rather than go into that automatic space of well this is bad or this is good just reacting to that what we can do is we can start to notice it perhaps initially we notice the judgment so as an example i might say oh i'm noticing that i'm having a thought that something's bad or something's good so i notice that i'm having that judgment with practice that act of noticing can put a bit of space between the thought and the emotion and the action. This is not uh, an easy, immediate process. It takes time. For me, I found it really difficult to even know what my emotions were or name them. It was just also overwhelming. So I started with mindfulness of sounds, mindfulness of my senses, perhaps. Can I name some things that I can see? So I look around me and I notice oh, I can see, um, I don't know, a black handbag on the ground. And then I would say that, oh, I can see a black handbag on the ground. It's a practice where you start to notice things internally and externally, and that gives you a little bit of space. And if you keep practicing, I'll give you an example from my own experience. Let's say I send a text to someone and they don't answer back within a timely fashion or in a fashion that I consider to be timely. I might notice that I'm getting angry and frustrated by practicing that awareness. Oh, I noticed that I'm angry because I haven't received a text back. You have a better chance of pausing and noticing that emotion within you and then choosing how you respond to that rather than just impulsively responding perhaps by sending a follow-up text saying why haven't you messaged me back or doing something to harm yourself or even just going into a thought process that's harmful or self self-deprecating what does all this have to do with jealousy well as i said i think the starting point for me as someone with lived experience of bpd from what i've learned with all the different 
recovery tools and 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 strategies and self-help tools that i've amassed over the years is that the first step is to notice if and usually i am if i'm judging a particular emotion as i feel it I, I, i'll give you another example from my own life i have a friend who has a partner and sometimes i'll find myself thinking god i feel really jealous that she's got this partner and he helps her out and they've got a relationship and and sometimes i feel jealous and then it starts to really build up in me and and i have urges to distance myself from the relationship maybe or I'll just think thoughts that I'm not really proud of or I'll just be in an unhappy state rather than automatically going oh that's bad that's bad I shouldn't be feeling like that she's my friend I find it's much more effective to acknowledge well I'm I'm feeling jealous and these are some of the thoughts I'm having that that takes practice so that would be my first way that I would be thinking about any emotion including the emotion of jealousy as a way of starting to get more of a handle on it what I also have found really helpful is just trying to objectively check the facts and it, it can be really hard to do that if you're in a very heightened emotional state so i'm assuming that you've gotten to a point where you're not so emotional that you're in full impulsive mode that you've sort of brought yourself down from that and if you're not sure how to do that check out some of my episodes on distress tolerance but if i check the facts you know what i what i know is actually that my friend doesn't have it easy in her relationship it's a lot of work she puts in a lot herself to keep that relationship going it requires her to make compromises and she has less time for herself and so there are all these factors that make a more rounded picture if that makes sense rather than me just going into this comparison mode where i'm just imagining her as having it all and i don't have anything there's that very black and white thinking again it's a much more nuanced picture and i can then ask myself well would would i really want to be doing all that stuff in a relationship well maybe not maybe i would in future i don't know but the point is that it's not that easy and she has to make compromises too in some ways i'm happy not having to make those kind of compromises i can i can spend that time on myself i can spend my time more or less how i want to so there are pros and cons to every situation i find that thinking those through helps me to reduce the the intensity of, of of jealousy in intimate relationships it is i think in my experience quite a lot harder to to work with jealousy and i i'll be honest i don't have really a healthy relationship to share as an experience the last relationship i was in was years and years ago and it was an incredibly abusive and an unhealthy relationship and i was intensely jealous some of that jealousy was to do with the other person's behavior that was very triggering and too very unwell people who were locked in a very unhealthy relationship when it comes to intimate relationships therefore i can't share from my personal experience but i can share in a general way that the more i act on my jealousy 
easily by becoming suspicious or by saying, where have you been? Or by kind of trying to control the other person. And in that, in, and through that, trying to control my own emotions just doesn't work. It just does not work. I would suggest that in, in a relationship, if someone has BPD, I think personally it's important for one or both people to get therapy or whatever professional help they can, whether that's help from a psychiatrist or a therapist or a psychologist or all of the above. There is a book that I will mention and I'll put it in the episode notes that has come highly recommended recommended to me by someone I hope will be a guest on this podcast in future and she's a friend of mine who is a peer very experienced recovery peer who has experience of being in a relationship with someone with BPD and she also has her own mental health struggles she's recommended a book to me called The High Conflict Couple and I know she's recommended it to quite a few people that are in relationships where these kind of issues come up so I will link that in the episode note if you're in a relationship where you're finding that you have BPD or you have BPD traits maybe and you experience a lot of jealousy and it causes problems in your relationship then that might be a great book to check out I wish I could just say there was some easy answer but I don't think there is I think it's very complicated I think every situation is different I think that checking facts is, is really important because I can assume that someone's doing something behind my back I can have a very 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 strong feeling that backs that thought up. But at the end of the day, I, I don't really know un unless I check the facts. Now that might be asking them directly or there might be some other way of doing it. What I will say from my experience is that I have been in relationships with people where I was acting very jealously and in a very reactive way and the other person was also playing some emotional mind games. It wasn't just me and it wasn't just the other person. And I think in certain situations, those of us with BPD can get into relationships with people who are quite avoidant. And that can be really, really difficult for those of us with BPD. I'm not in a position to speculate about your relationship or your situation as to whether you're in a relationship with someone who's not healthy for you or whether you can work on the situation I, I don't know all I can suggest is that if you if you are feeling a lot of jealousy I think the first thing is is just to accept that and take that as the starting point ideally see a, see a therapist the other instance of jealousy that I I heard from from some of the listeners who tweeted me about this topic and that I've experienced has been jealousy about about what other people have or what I perceive them to have, I should say. I might be jealous of someone for their achievements or for what I perceive as some quality they have that I wish I had. All human beings experience jealousy, so there's nothing really wrong with feeling jealous where it becomes a problem certainly in my experience is where it becomes consuming i found that when i'm very 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 jealous of someone and it's a continual feeling that i can't get over usually there is some sense of a lack in me that i'm trying to have a low 
self-esteem around a certain area that the other person's tapping into unintentionally. In 99% of the experiences I've had where I felt very jealous of someone, really it is ultimately about me and my sense of myself and the way that I'm valuing myself. As an example, sometimes when I'm around people who I perceive as rightly sometimes as having more money than me or having more established careers than me I will start to feel jealous of them and I'll feel resentful and I'll feel a bit ashamed if I can start unpicking the emotions what I'll find underneath is shame or or judgment really ultimately it's a judgment of my own situation as in not earning a certain amount of money or not having my career looking a certain way and I'm not suggesting that we don't don't set goals and and aspire to achieve certain things. But I found that when I have that some level, there's this judgment that's that's playing out about myself. And what I found is it's very difficult to take any effective action from that place of self-judgment. When I beat myself up or berate myself or blame myself or shame myself, it really makes it very difficult to, to do anything effective. Now, I'm not talking about guilt and shame, I, I think. So for example, if one of my values is to be honest and I then go to the supermarket and steal some food, I might feel very guilty about that and I might feel ashamed about that. But but that's because I've gone against one of my values in a way that that would be justified. I'm talking about feeling shame about myself, thinking, judging myself for being bad or for being not as good as someone or less than someone which is the same thing I guess because they have something I perceive them to have that I don't so the, the core part of dealing with jealousy towards other people for what I perceive as their achievements etc is really looking at that sense of lack or shame or judgment within myself and working on reframing that if I'm feeling very jealous of let's say a friend and as a result of that I act in a way that I don't really want to, then that would be the thing that I start with. For example, I might have a friend and I might might feel jealous of them. My way of dealing with that is just to distance myself from them. And they may not have any idea that I feel the way I do. And so that could be quite hurtful to the other person. And it could also deprive me of the option of their friendship. Perhaps I might be working on that reaction to avoid and I might be finding ways to address that in a, in a healthier way so perhaps that would be to manage my own emotions and to continue my friendship and talk about these emotions with a therapist or in a peer group or something like that or it might be appropriate to talk to them and say look I, I feel quite jealous of x y and z I, I would imagine that's quite a hard conversation to have with someone I guess it would really depend upon the context and the friendship etc and how that was delivered the point is there are there are different ways that we can deal with these emotions without doing things that sabotage us and sabotage other people once i have dealt with whatever behavior is is causing me problems in in the immediate so maybe a more extreme example would be that i'm around a group of people and i then i come home and self-harm because i feel so jealous of them so the first step would be really to stop the self-harm 
But after that, it, it's about looking at, well, well, what is it in me that's, well, why am I judging them as having something that I don't? And why am I judging myself? And what are these judgments? And one way that can be helpful to start unpicking that is by journaling. Now in DBT, there are lots of different worksheets that you can do. There are check the facts worksheets. There are behavior chain analyses. I'm no expert on DBT, but you can always Google DBT worksheets, emotion worksheets. I'll post some resources in the episode notes for you to have a look at. The key point I want to make is that in my experience, it really comes down to looking at myself and what's going on within me. I'll share another example. In, in the instance of my friend who's in a partnership, one of the things that I started to realize is that I'm very cut off from my own sense of sexuality or appreciation of myself as a, as a woman that's got to do with a lot of different things i think you know some of it's to do with having been in very toxic relationships in the past and i have a lot of fear around relationships in general one of the ways that i might start to deal with my jealousy is actually to start focusing on well how can i validate myself so that I not and I'm not doing it for a man or whoever I, I'm doing it for myself like how can I validate myself as someone who deserves to be in a relationship well it might be that I need to work on certain aspects of myself I might feel that cliched example you know I might think oh I'll go and do some self-care I'll go and get a manicure or a pedicure I'm not saying that's going to automatically make 100 times better and whoop to do but it, it, it's starting to look at what I can do to validate myself and my own self-worth and that doesn't mean that I don't set goals or I don't decide that I need to make certain changes but I bring it back to myself ultimately if if I'm in a relationship of any kind where the other person is kind of feeding into my insecurities etc then that's a different issue which also needs to be looked at what's important about that is that you seek out someone who can assist you professionally with that because relationships are very complex and I don't know what's going on in your relationships beyond just very surface stuff. When it comes to jealousy, I think my main message is start with non-judgment. And, and if you can't start with non-judgment, start by noticing your judgments of yourself. There's another part of emotion regulation and DBT, which is called opposite action. And you would do that if perhaps the intensity level of your emotion, in this case, jealousy, was causing you problems. The first thing with opposite action to emotion is you want to think about whether the emotion actually fits the facts of the situation. So this is where checking facts comes into play. Let's take another emotion than jealousy. Let's say anger. So let's say that I send a message to someone they're pretty reliable usually they they get back to me so I send them a message and I haven't heard back from them in the hour now I might start feeling really enraged despite knowing rationally that they are reliable and that they are a friend I, I start getting really enraged well what's not going to help me is to start going oh my god I shouldn't be so angry I shouldn't be so angry because that in my experience is just gonna just gonna make it worse really what's also not going to help me is if I react to that anger and I then send a text going well where the fuck are you you should be responding to my text I'm probably not going to feel good about myself other than for about one second if I do that the question would be does my anger fit the facts it might be that some mild irritation fits the fact. I'm, I've contacted a friend about 
meeting up and they haven't gotten back to me and I feel a bit irritated. That might be appropriate for that situation, but I'm feeling intense rage. So it might be that some degree of irritation or anger could fit the facts, but this level of intense rage doesn't really make sense in that situation. Now, that's not to say that I'm not feeling it because I am feeling it and that's the emotion I'm feeling. But realistically, it might not be that that level of anger fits the fact. So it might be that I'm feeling that level of anger because of something else from the past or whatever. I check the facts. And in the case of jealousy, there's a, there's a book by Marshall Linehan, who's the founder of Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. And it's a big book of worksheets. Uh, it's a really good book called the DBT Skills Training Handouts and Worksheets, second edition. And there's a whole section on emotion regulation and one of the sections within emotional regulation is acting opposite what it says about jealousy is that jealousy is an appropriate emotion when someone is threatening to take a very important and desired relationship or object away from you so let's say you're partners cheating with someone else it would make sense you would feel jealous if if they're cheating with someone else and they might leave you for that person so that would be a situation where jealousy would be an emotion that would would fit the facts of the situation now another example according to this handout of where jealousy would fit the facts is and i'm reading verbatim an important and desired relationship is in danger of being damaged or lost so that could be the same situation it could be that you're in a relationship and your partner's cheating on you a a situation where an important and desired relationship is in danger of being damaged or lost it would make sense that jealousy could be an emotion that you would feel in this situation now let's take another example let's say that you have a friend who hasn't gotten back to you the friend that i mentioned earlier hypothetically who you've messaged and hasn't gotten back to you you go into this intense rage because you think well fuck it they don't even like me anymore and i'm fucking done with this and well the fact is you might feel intensely and you might think that but there's no evidence to suggest that this important and desired relationship this friendship is in danger of being damaged or lost because uh, the fact is that you haven't heard back from this person in an hour there could be lots of things going on they might be at work they might be on another call something might have come up and it can be really hard when we're in that heightened state of emotion to to sort of slow down and go hang on a minute I, I know that I've got this very strong emotion going on but let me just look at the situation sometimes in my experience I need to use distress tolerance just to distract myself so that I don't end up doing something I'm going to regret also because it's, it's very difficult to really start looking in a more balanced way at the reality of a situation if I'm in that heightened emotion mind state. Moving on to opposite action for jealousy. If you find you're in a situation, so let's say you're out with your partner and your partner looks at his phone, you've got absolutely no reason to think that he's cheating on you or anything like that, but it's just the action of him looking at his phone and looking away from you that really sets you off and you feel really jealous. This is just an example. And you know that even though you're feeling this intense emotion you know that he's not cheating on you you've got this intense emotion and you've got this this urge to start shouting at him let's say in this worksheet an example of acting opposite in that situation could be you let go of controlling other people's actions and it could be that controlling the other person's action would be shouting at them and saying how dare you look at your phone or i know you're cheating on me or whatever you you don't do that you don't try and control them by having that reaction 
even if it feels really hard, you, you take a step back and you breathe and you maybe change the conversation to something else or you remove yourself from the situation and walk around. So the first way that you can act opposite to jealousy is to let go of controlling other people's actions. In whatever way you try and control other people, you, you stop doing that, okay? Easier said than done, but it's practice. The other opposite action for jealousy in, in this worksheet, which is quite interesting, is you share the things and people you have in your life. So that's an interesting one. Sometimes we need to have boundaries. So I'm not suggesting that you just go and share things with people that don't wish you well or that might exploit you. I'll give you another example of how this might work from my own experience. One of the things with BPD that I found is I'm much more comfortable in one-to-one -one relationships and I have that person. This is what I've had. I'm, I'm working on changing those patterns now but over the years I've had this pattern of one very intense friendship and it's them and me and then when they have another friend I find that really difficult. In the past it's, it's ruined friendships because I just couldn't take it. I couldn't deal with going out in a group of people and I just wanted to talk to that person. Anyone with BPD is probably going to be familiar with that kind of scenario. A way to counteract that would be to actively work on sharing that person. Let's say that person, a friend of mine, let's just say they're an artist and they invite me to an opening of their gallery and they have their friends there rather than go there and try and talk to them or just kind of like sulk because they're not talking to me or think oh my god they don't like me anymore I, I make a really conscious effort to go and to participate and to accept that they have their friends I'm their friend they also have other friends so I'm not saying this is easy to do it's something to work towards and it might seem that, well, if you're feeling a certain emotion, then acting opposite to it is fake. Actually, what I found is that sometimes when I act in a different way than I feel, I can change the emotion. That is the effective thing for me to do in that situation. And by effective, I mean, that's the action that leads to me having a more desired outcome in terms of my long-term goals. Yeah, I could go to this opening and I could sulk in the corner and leave early because my friend is talking to other people. Is that really going to move the friendship along in a positive direction? No. Is it going to increase my enjoyment of this event that I've been invited out to? Probably not. Even though I might feel hurt or I might feel jealous, I practice acting opposite i might practice smiling and going hello and it might be that i i can't stay for very long because my emotions feel overwhelming but i might speak to my friend and speak to a couple of other people and say thanks very much it was lovely to see you and leave and that might be a huge step forward from not turning up or going and just being really miserable or whatever now if you want to go even further there's all the way opposite actions for jealousy so i'm going to read them out so the first one is stop spying or snooping suppress probing questions fire your private detective now, i like that phrase fire your private detective i think this is probably quite apropos for personal relationships i have had this in friendships. I design jewellery and I know other people who design jewellery and sometimes I'll want to know like how much are they selling each 
each month and what have they been up to? It's coming from a place of me wanting to know because I feel jealous, the thought that they might be doing better than me. I would stop asking probing questions. I, I wouldn't ask, oh, how much did you earn last month? Or what markets did you go to this, this month? And I, and I ask other questions. Now, I know that in an intimate relationship, that is hard. it's harder to do. You might need some help with that. Maybe you need some professional help, but you stop going, where were you? what were you doing and da, 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 da. assuming that the person's not do, doing something like staying out all night for three nights and you have no idea where they are i'm not talking about a situation where your jealousy is fitting the facts i'm talking about a situation where it just doesn't fit the facts another interesting one for all the way opposite actions for jealousy there are a couple more i'm going to read them out no avoiding change your posture change your body temperature these are really cool so no avoiding is and this is a tough one because if if i found if if i'm in a very heightened emotional state i i will tend to fixate on certain details that i want to corroborate my own reality if um, someone hasn't texted me back in the hour and then they send me a text i'll tend to focus on what i want to see which might be oh look they they don't sound like they're happy to to have to text me back and then i'll read all kinds of stuff into that i think for me what i understand from no avoiding is you, you just take a bit of a broader perspective which might mean taking a breath taking a step back and looking at everything that's going on around you. maybe the, the phone message is not the best example Let, let's take the example of the fictional friend whose gallery opening I've gone to I might go there and they're talking to other people and I start thinking oh they don't like me or they wish they hadn't invited me or blah 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 blah, blah. well I try and take in the whole situation now if I saw them and they blanked me and walked off I'm, I might have a reason to think well maybe they don't like me or what's going on or and even then though that's quite an extreme situation there might be some other reason to do with them it, let's say that I'm thinking all those thoughts and they come up to me and they say hi how are you lovely to see you let me introduce you to so and so well that doesn't really tally with the the idea that they don't like me and they want me to be there when I'm in that state of emotion mind anything can seem like it fits my distorted perspective of things and I think what no avoiding is asking you to do is to just checking the facts realistically would someone come up to you and say hi how are you lovely to see you if they really didn't want you around the next one is change your posture now I've got to say this is something that I forget to do all the time and when I do it really makes a difference I think it's based on the premise that our physical body and our physiology can really change how we feel and that in turn can change how we think and um, and vice versa if you just think about a simple example let's say you're really really stressed and you lie down and you listen to a guided meditation or you listen to some music well you've changed your posture you've laid down and that can actually change how you feel and that might also change how you think. Similarly, let's say you're, you you go for a walk, you're feeling very lethargic or you, you, you're depressed and you go for a walk. Well, that, that's changing your posture. So in a similar way, when you're feeling jealous, you can change your posture to help you to not be consumed by that emotion. And one way to do that, or a couple of ways to do that, are to unclench your hands with your palms up and your fingers relaxed. Unclench 
your teeth that I know that's something I do when I'm tense I clench my jaw and my teeth you relax your facial muscles you relax your chest and stomach muscles and you do what's called a half smile which is like it's not like a big grin it's kind of like a Mona Lisa smile even if you're just raging inside you just do this little half smile and it can really it can really make a difference to, to how you feel it can really reduce the intensity of your emotion that's what I found now the next one is to change your body chemistry so the example they've given is do paced breathing by breathing in deeply and breathing out slowly well that's a great idea I know that I find that quite difficult if I'm really like wound up so another way to do that easily would be to go and splash some cold water on your face you just interrupt that massive surge of emotion and you you just go and do something to break that obviously something that's not harmful I hope this has made some kind of sense. I'm going to be honest, it was a bit of an off-the-cuff episode because I've really been procrastinating on doing this episode and, and I just thought I've got to do something even if it's not the most put together episode. I try and put out an episode each month and I'm, and I'm behind this month. I hope this has been useful to you. I think what I want to just leave you with is please know that your emotions are valid it's what you do with those emotions that that is important and you can actually regulate your emotions you don't need to be a slave to your emotions just because you work on changing your emotions or the intensity of your emotions doesn't mean they're bad or they're wrong or you shouldn't have them it just means that perhaps their intensity doesn't quite serve the situation that you're in or the emotion is is so intense because it has to do with something from the past that's been triggered off and perhaps you need to look at that so it's not that there's anything wrong with them your goal is to not be a slave to your emotions right i hope that you found this helpful and you can tweet me at beyond the border three and if you have the time please do take a minute to send me a or post a review i should say on whichever podcast network you listen and and just a little side note I noticed that I ha I, I really appreciate all the five star reviews I've got and I do appreciate that. There's always room for improvement, so I'm open to constructive criticism. There's a lot of improvements I could make to this podcast, I'm sure, which I hope to make. So I'm open to constructive criticism, but I'd really rather that you offer me that criticism by tweeting me rather than like putting a one star or two star review. Luckily, there aren't too many of those. But it, I the problem with those is that it doesn't really tell me how you think I could improve the podcast and it just affects my ratings doesn't really doesn't really help me it doesn't help you because I'm I'm not hearing your opinions and and perhaps making changes based on those if I feel they're constructive and worthwhile so if you have constructive feedback to offer then please do feel free to tweet me at beyond the borderline and that's beyond the border three b-o-r-d-e three or you can just search for beyond the borderline on twitter i'm just gonna end by saying i wish you a peaceful 24 hours ahead and at the very least a few peaceful moments in your day peace out see you soon bye